Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I want to ask you to go with me to the book of 2 Timothy today, chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for working in our midst today. Welcome, everybody. It's so good to see you. All of you that have birthdays in October, raise your hand. This is a good month to have a birthday. Amen. And today is Sister Jenny's. Yes. Sister Jenny Wayman, happy birthday. Amen. All of us October people unite. Praise God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1. <clears throat> this know also that in the last days, how many believe we're living in the last days? Oh, yes. And when you read this, you realize even more we're living in the last days. In the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, unable to control yourself, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Then, then pay attention to this verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. Jump down to verse 13. 2 Timothy 3:13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them and that from a child Paul's talking to a young pastor by the name of Timothy and he says that from a young child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus now all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, <clears throat> that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works. Lord, we love you today, and we thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. It is indeed a lamp unto our feet 
and align into our pathway. Lord, I'm asking for your divine assistance today as we study your word. Give us wisdom and understanding, God. Let revelation hit our mind, Lord, because we, we, we are just mere mortals that, Lord, we need your help. We need your help today. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you this morning about the symbol and substance of sanctification. The symbol and substance of sanctification. Amen. The Lord bless you and be seated. I am so glad to be able to go to a church with broken people, got messed up, bent up, crazy lives that God has put together. Amen. The old nursery rhyme we heard, uh, I believe Brother uh, Vincent preach about this when he was here, is that Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But I can tell you that the king can put you back together again. The king can. Amen. He's in the restoration business. He is in the redemption business. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. The whole scheme of Jesus Christ coming is to come to be our savior. The Word of God clearly speaks. I'm going to get this out. Hold on with me, all right? The Word of God clearly speaks and breaks down redemption into three aspects. Three aspects. These aspects are stages that are a part of the redemption process. The New Testament clearly states there is a a part of redemption known as justification. Everybody say justification. That's a Bible word. You don't always use that word out on the job. Or neither sanctification, which is number two. That is a, a, another aspect <clears throat> of redemption. And then thirdly, glorification. So say them with me. Justification, justification. sanctification, sanctification. and glorification. Someone captured these three stages and aspects in in a sentence that may sound like a riddle, but hold on. Matter of fact, I heard this. I don't know if my dad got this originally from himself, but I heard he, he would say, I am saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. That sounds kind of like a riddle, but when you look at these aspects, it becomes clearer what that sentence means. The first one, justification. The Apostle Paul concluded Romans chapter 4 with this statement. He said, Jesus our Lord was delivered up on the cross for our trespasses, our sins, and was raised from the dead for our justification. He went to Calvary so you and I can be justified. Justified. Paul continues in Romans 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified, there's that word, by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom 
also we have access by faith into this grace wherein you stand and rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. So Jesus Christ went to the cross, death, burial, and resurrection, and when he come out of the tomb, he made the way so we could be justified. Justified. <clears throat> when you look at the word justified, it means that we have been set free from sin. Born again, set free from sin. It means that the record of our sin has been wiped clean. This we call the new birth. By faith, we believe that we have been justified. We have been delivered from sin and rendered not guilty. Even though we did it, he didn't cover it up to, to, to hide the sin, but rather he covered it up with his death, burial, and resurrection so he can say, when you have, when you have been redeemed or you have been saved, you have been justified. You have been as if it never happened. How does that, how does that come to be? Well, uh, Jesus said you got to be born again of water and of spirit. And the apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost put it like this. This is the, 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 the stage or the steps of justification. In Acts chapter 2, 37. Now when, he, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren... What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Change your direction. Change your mind. That's what repentance is. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, for the removal of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That was what happened that day on the day of Pentecost as they began to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Uh, amen. And this is uh, the phase known as justification, new birth. Amen. The verse reveals this process that Jesus said in John chapter 3 that you must be born again because he went through the death, burial, and resurrection I now can be justified as I follow that same example through repentance, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. This is by faith. Let me just tell you, baptism is not a work. It's an action of obedience, but it, not, it is not a work. When you go down in the lovely name of Jesus, it is by faith that you are saying, I have been buried with him in baptism and I appropriate what he did on Calvary for me. And so now it's as if it never happened. And I become his son in, uh, in the kingdom. I bec you become his daughter in the kingdom. And now we live for him. And when we, are, when we are away from him, when we come back to him, we become like the prodigal that the father embraces and accepts just as if he was never gone. I'm talking to some that know what that is about in their life. So this is the justification. But, but Peter went on and, and, and began to continue preaching on that Acts chapter 2 message. In verse 39, we pick it up. For this promise, 
repentance, baptism, and filling of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then it says, and with many other words, I'd like to heard that message. I'd like to heard the rest of that message, but the Bible doesn't give that to us. But it says, uh, with, with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward this underward, this crooked, this perverse, this wicked, that's what the word means, corrupt generation. We would, we would probably say it something like this, this crooked, corrupt world. Save yourself from this world. Now, it sounds like there's, there's, there's a conflict there, but he's really talking about step two. He's given to us step one of justification, but then he also speaks of what is the second phase of our life. Once you have been born again, once a baby, where, where, where's that little new brown baby? Yeah, just stand up. We need to see her again. Isn't she a doll? <clears throat> now, I want to make sure I say her name right. What's her name? Malin. Okay. We've got a few kids here, and I don't have every one of them's name down. <clears throat> I barely have my own. <clears throat> She was born what day? September 23rd. Now she's, you're doing good, Austin. You're doing good. She was born on September 23rd. And, and, and for now, that mom and dad has got to take care of it. Look at her giving that bottle. Boy, thank you. Perfect timing. She can't go get that bottle on her arm because she's got to be in that stage of development. We would not say that she's perfectly developed. It's called the process of growth. Well, once you're born again of water and the spirit of Acts 2.38 message, what Peter is saying, stage two is save yourself from this untoward generation. You now have the power for sanctification. That's the stage two that I'm talking about is sanctification. When it says save yourself, that means separate yourself. Don't live like the world. Don't think like the world. Don't act like the world. Don't take on the world's uh, uh, processes and thoughts. Amen. Because how many know the world today that we're living in is like a, a roller coaster at Kings Island? We are living in a crazy. But if you are born again and you have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you, you appropriate that power to save yourself or to go through sanctification. Sanctification, let me define it for you, is an ongoing process. Daily, we are becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And, and so there are things in our life that we look at and we say, this falls off, that falls off. I put this on. I do this because I have been justified. Now I want to live a justified life. That's sanctification. Sanctification is living a justified life. Let me show you what Paul said to a church, the church in Corinth, that was one messed up, broken group of people. I'm telling you what, they, they, they had problems galore. But he said, but such were, and such were some of you. 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, such were some of you. If you read before that, they had, they had people in that church that were thieves, robbers, you have people in their church that were, were homosexuals. You had people in that church that were 
All these idolaters, adulterers that were. Okay? So, so let me just tell you, the church is open for everybody, all sorts, to become a has-been. To become a has-been. You see, I'm a has-been. I, 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 I once was a sinner and now I've been born again that I don't have to be anything but a has-been. I was broken, messed up. I'm a has-been by the grace of God so I can become. Come on, thank the Lord today. <clears throat> he said, such were some of you, but you are sanctified. You are justified. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus <clears throat> and by the Spirit of our God. The agents that saved you, the power of God and the name of Jesus, the agents that saved you is the agents that will help you live it. The Holy Ghost inside of you, Christ inside of you, same thing. It's God inside of you will help you live it. Amen. Look at what Hebrews says about being sanctified. <clears throat> Hebrews 10 and 14. For by one offering, that's what Jesus Christ did, <clears throat> he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. The Greek word sanctified here, and, and you have to really uh, uh, look deep into Greek words because this, this verb here has a tense. All Greek verbs have a tense. And it, then it shows us and denotes the true meaning of that verb. Uh, and then this word, it is a present tense, which means continual action. You are sanctified. It's not a one-time thing. It's a continual action because it says uh, uh, there are... <clears throat> We, we find that you are sanctified. You are, uh, it is a habitual action that results in a lifestyle, a process. And the word means by itself, set apart. So we are set apart by process. We're not all in the same mile marker on this highway of holiness. But we're on the highway of holiness. We're on the highway of the king. Amen. Stop telling that person that's five miles behind you, you're not where you ought to be. Now, I went straight from preaching and teaching to meddling. You're not where you ought to be. Well, you're on the same highway. Are you improving? Are you gaining ground? Are you moving forward? <clears throat> Are you making stages? Amen. I, I, I want to tell you that there is a power of God that can change your life Amen. I, I've watched God take alcoholics and completely take that taste away from them in a moment. I've seen that. And I've seen others that have had to battle their way out of nicotine or battle their way out of habits or battle. Amen. But the same one that can deliver you can take you through it and let, let you overcome it. That's sanctification. Set apart. Something that is sanctified is different. It's distinct. Now, we're blessed to have a couple painting companies in this church. There are all kinds of brushes. All kinds of brushes. All kinds of paint brushes. All kinds. Let me just tell you, I'm going to give you a word of advice. You may skimp on roller pads, but don't skimp on your brush. Get a good one. That's good teaching right there. <laughs> Brother Patrick's with me. 
but it says with me. They know. Okay? There are all kinds of brushes. You can clean your toilet with a brush. It's a brush. You can clean your car with a brush. You can clean your food with a brush. You can clean your teeth with a brush. But you're not going to use a toilet bowl brush to clean your teeth. Why? Your toothbrush is sanctified. Why? Because I only use the toothbrush in my drawer in the cabinet in the bathroom, that one toothbrush. It's set apart. I'm not cleaning any, I'm not scrubbing anything. Now, I got some old toothbrushes underneath there that I'll get out and use for a clean, but I don't use it for my, my teeth anymore. Why? Because it's sanctified. You understand what I'm saying? When you are sanctified, when you are justified by God, and, and then he calls us to sanctification, then what we are saying is that I'm not used for that anymore. Whew. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a part of that anymore because I am set apart for a purpose to give God glory and to honor him and to praise him. Hallelujah. Thank God for sanctification power in us. God has a comprehensive plan for redemption. It includes justification and it includes sanctification. Justification happens one time and continues. In our life, sanctification is a process that we continue, we continue daily. How many of you ever looked in the mirror and said, man, you should be further along than you are, but then you say, I'm not where I used to be. Right. Amen. In the Lord, that's sanctification. Don't disregard what God has brought you through and what you have overcome because you are not where somebody else is. Oh, praise the Lord. I know I've already said that, but I said it again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Furthermore, when we, furthermore, then we beseech you, we challenge you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and please God. So evidently, Paul is talking to a church called Thessalonica, that's telling them, this is how you ought to live. This is how you ought to walk. This is how you ought to please God. So ye would abound more and more. You'll be blessed because of that walk pleasing God. Verse 2. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification and honor. Not in the lust of concupiscence our evil thoughts, evil concepts, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner. Don't lie on your brother. Treat your brother right, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned and testified. <clears throat> For God, here is sanctification. For God hath called us, hath not called us unto uncleanness, but holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who also hath given unto us his Holy Spirit. So Paul is saying, I've given you some instruction, and I'm teaching you about 
called to holiness, called to sanctification. And if you despise it, you're not despising the one teaching it. You're despising the one that it came from in his work. Okay? That, that's a pretty heavy, heavy thing. So we have justification. We have or we have yeah, justification. We have sanctification. Let me quickly go over the third stage because I'm going to go back to sanctification in just a moment. The third stage of salvation, redemption, has not yet happened. All right, my, my spirit has been saved, my soul is being saved, and one day my body is going to be saved. Somebody ought to shout three times laughed around the church for that. This body is going to be saved. Oh, thank God. I'm going to get a new body. Let me show you what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, we shall not all die, but we shall be changed, all be changed, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and shall be changed. For this corruptible, this flesh, this body, must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and the mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? One of these days, if I go by the way of the grave, or if I go by the way of the evacuating rapture, Whatever happens, there's going to be a change in this body. And one day, this body is going to be brand new. And it will be glorified, incorruptible, because I've been justified. And because I operated in sanctification. One of these days, i got a promise that I will be in glory with him. And that is the third stage, glorification. John wrote, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Say sanctification, even as he is pure. So we have three stages of redemption. You must be born again. That's justification. Then operate in progressive pursuit of his holiness and pleasing him and walking after his image. Not after the image of a church, but after the image of Christ. Everybody got it? We continue to do that. That is what it means to be purifying yourself. I can't make me any purer than what Christ has projected in my life. He, is already, he already looks at me from the end to the beginning. And so he sees me where I'm going, and he says, come on, son. Come on. I'm not there yet, but he's there, and he sees me, and he says, come on, you can walk this way. Walk towards me. Amen. And I thank God for that. <clears throat> there are three parts of man. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Am I going too fast? All right. Praise God. I appreciate those of you taking notes. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, completely. What does he mean? I pray, God, that your spirit, soul, 
and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you also, who also will do it. Christ in me is what leads me to the place where I can be sanctified both in my, in my spirit, my soul, and my body. Three parts of man, three parts of a woman. You have three parts in your life. You have the spirit of God that God gave you. It's the life force that is in you. That is the spirit of God. Sin causes that to die all the way back to Adam. It is laying there. It is disconnected from God. But being born again makes your spirit come alive. That's why when, 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 you, when you begin to speak in other tongues, that is your spirit coming alive. Because that's the force of God connecting what he created in you so that he can identify that one's alive and that one's dead. Because when Adam and Eve walked out of the garden, their spirit died. Their soul didn't die. Their body didn't die. But their spirit died. But in Acts chapter 2, the Lord formed his church. And now we come alive. That's enough to make anybody shout. We come alive in him. Now my soul, my emotions, my will, stubborn, stubborn, stubborn will, all of that is in me. My soul comes under the classification of sanctification because I'm constantly working on that. Anybody got your emotions in check? All of them? Because we're working on that. He's working through me. Oh, thank the Lord. This is where the rubber meets the road, as it were. Then my body one day will be completely redeemed in his presence. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. So I'm saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. <clears throat> Justification is my spirit was saved, amen, through the new birth. My soul is being saved by the process of continually working to be more like him. You can't quit. You never graduate from this until either by way of heaven or by way of the grave. You never, it, it never. I thought when I turned 61, or when I turned 60, when I, when I turned 60, I thought, I got a handle on everything now because I thought everybody that was 60 was old enough to have all the wisdom and understanding. I think I'm dumber now than when I was when I was 20 because I thought I knew it all 20, Brother Keith. But, but you have to grow. You have to continue in that process. But one of these days, by either by, by way of the grave or by way of the rapture, that's going to come to a conclusion. Woo! Oh, but he helps me with my emotions. He helps me with my attitudes. <laughs> he helps me with what is on the inside so the outside can match it. Amen. <clears throat> so we find that if I could just give you a few things that correlate through these three stages. Justification is freedom from the penalty of sin. Justification is freedom and forgiveness and redemption from the penalty of sin. It deals with my spirit man. Sanctification is freedom from the power of sin. Mm. People say, I just can't live it. 
I just can't live it. Well, if you're born again, you've got the power. Use that power. Amen. Praise God for power. The power is in us to have the power over sin. Glorification is freedom from the presence of sin. One of these days, we're going to be free from the presence of sin. Hallelujah. In his presence, there will be no sin. Woo! I'm looking for that day. Justification is how God sees me. Apart, sanctified. That's how he sees me as his child. Sanctification is how, as his child, I live. Glorification is how I will one day live in his presence. Justification is the adoption of sons. Amen. Sanctification is the maturation or the maturing of sons. Glorification is the manifestation of sons. And that is the the body of Christ, sons and daughters of him that have been justified. One of these days, we're going to be glorified. That's what Paul said, that all of creation is groaning and travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. One of these days, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Woo! I want to be a part of that. Justification gives new birth and new life. Sanctification is new lifestyle. Glorification is eternal life. Praise God. Man. I'm going to hit this in its highlights, but I think I'm going to come back next Sunday and do a part two to this to go any deeper into substance and symbols of sanctification. The Bible, the Word of God, reveals God to us through signs and symbols. There are things that you and I as human beings would never understand about God if he didn't speak in language we could get. Like, we are under his wings. God doesn't have wings, he's a spirit. But I can get that because I get the picture of that eagle that gathers her little eaglets and then covers and protects them with their wings. I heard something the other day that one of the eagle's uh, most dreaded enemy is a, a, a crow. Crows are noted to actually land on the back of eagles and then peck at their back. Anybody got, ever had a crow, a demon crow, a person crow get on you? And peck, peck, peck away. An eagle does not fight back. I love, I love when I heard this and I saw this. It was on one of those videos. It says an eagle just sets his wings higher. Because there will come a time where the crow will run out of oxygen, but the eagle can keep on climbing higher. And he knows if I could ever get higher, you're just going to fall off my back. That'll preach right there, right there, right there. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. If I can get higher, that's what sanctification is. If I can get higher in the Lord, my flesh is a less of a problem. This world is a less problem. And the devil certainly is a less of a problem. If I can just get closer to the Lord. Oh, somebody want to get closer to God today.
God has established ways of talking to us through symbols, through types and shadows, in the Old Testament in particular, that became realities in the New Testament. One thing that is a symbol that is, is still a symbol, I don't care who uses it otherwise, but the Lord told Noah, he said, I have set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be a token or a symbol of a covenant between me and earth. Never going to let it rain again like this. It'll never, the world will never be destroyed by water again. And he said, here's how you know that, because there's a symbol in the cloud. Now those can put it on their flag. My God put it in the sky. All right? Just saying. I'll leave that there for your thoughts. The plan God gave to Moses as well was to build a tabernacle that had to have precise measurements, detailed instructions, and they were made after a heavenly pattern. And the reason for the exactness of this was so that whatever is in heaven could be represented in earth. All the different structures and symbols. From Exodus 39 to 40, Moses was commanded straight and specifically 17 times to build the tabernacle according to the pattern that he saw in heaven. From the outer linen, linen fence to the Holy of Holies to the Ark of the Covenant to all the symbols that is connected to it was to teach us about God and his temple and what that looked like. Flip over to the New Testament church after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, after the Holy Ghost had been given, this is what happened to that temple. The veil was rent from top to bottom when Jesus Christ died, but it it ceased to be the firm representative of God's tabernacle. Why? Because not too far from there in the upper room, 50 days later, the Holy Ghost fell. And as Paul said to the church at Corinth, he said in 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, What? Know ye not. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you which ye have of God, ye are not your own, you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What is he saying? Is that the substance and the symbol of the tabernacle shifted from the Old Testament tabernacle that was a sign and a pattern to lead us to Christ to now we are the temple of God. This building is not the temple of God. This house is where we gather to worship. But you are the temple of God. You that have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you, you are the temple of God. You are representative of that. And now you become an example in your symbols of life, in how you live, and how you talk, and how you act, and, and, and where you go. You become a symbol of a greater substance. And the substance is the Holy Ghost. It is God. God's spirit inside of us. So I need to represent him correctly. The Bible says in our text that in the last days perilous times will come. And he got down to the very last thing and I found it very significant in the list. He said, having a form of holiness, of godliness but denying the power thereof. I'm I am going to go to part two because there's so much more that I'd like to cover and I don't have all day. 
Do you? But we are, sanctification is living out the symbol on the outside that to somebody else may not make sense. But the reason I have the Holy Ghost on the inside, I want to represent that through the symbols of the outside. By how I look, by how I talk, by what I wear, by what I do. You see, you got a lot of people today, they've got the symbol but there's zero substance behind it. A symbol is only as good as the substance and the power that is behind it. But you can have power and no symbol and you're misrepresenting, or somebody would be misrepresenting what God wants. So if I'm going to represent God in sanctification in that great process, I need his substance on the inside so I can display the symbol on the outside. Amen? Stand with me. I pray today that you have got a clear understanding of God's plan for your life when it comes to redemption. I am not just born again and then just a pew sitter until I die. I am born again to grow, to mature, to get more and more like Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 5, I believe, he said, be ye perfect as the, my Father's perfect. I don't know about you, that's like, I've said this before, I'll say it again, that would be like saying, okay, Gil, jump to the moon. There's no way I could be perfect like the Father. But what it means is that that word perfection literally means and refers to maturity. Continue to mature. Continue to grow. You are not where you were last week. So therefore you are fulfilling that, that command of Christ. Be perfect as my father. It's growing. When I stop growing, I stop fulfilling that call. That is sanctification. Lord, let me grow up into you. Would you lift your hands right now and begin to pray? Lord, I want to grow up into you. Lord, I want to be more like you. Jesus, let me be a representative of your glory that is on the inside. Oh, God, what is on the inside? Let that symbol and substance, uh, Lord, meet. Let that symbol, God, come out uh, that I can represent you in a mighty way. I thank you, Lord, today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, for the fact that you are inside by your spirit dwelling inside of me. Let me never grieve it, Lord, but let me be pleasing to you. And if, and if I mess up, God, if I misrepresent you, oh, Lord, I, I, I know there's a place of repentance. There is a place that I can go and say, God, forgive me. Amen. It's not that I'm to be perfect in every aspect. I'm to be maturing in every aspect. I got to get up when I fall down. Lord, I got to get up when I fall down. Lord, I must be, Lord, about your business. Oh, both internally and externally today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I really think we need a season of prayer right now. Glory be to God. Let's come to this altar if you would. And let us begin to talk to the Lord.
Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.